You are listening to the Atlanta Real Estate Forum radio show, all about real estate edition. Shining a light on the movers and shakers in the real estate industry. The home builders, developers, realtors, and suppliers making it all happen. And now, here are today's hosts. Good morning and welcome back to the All About Real Estate Edition. I am your host, Todd Schnick, joined by my co-host and friend, Carol Morgan. Before we begin, we do want to thank New American Funding for being our 2021 show sponsor, now our 10th year on the air. It has been simply wonderful to have them as our partner. All right, Carol Morgan, you have been looking forward to this conversation for a long, long time on this show. It's going to be a great conversation, really intriguing. Yeah, that's actually so true. I've been looking forward to this conversation for like, I don't know, two years trying to find somebody who's actually doing this. So I was very excited to discover our guest today, Kirk Anderson. He's the Director of Operations with SQ4D, and they are printing 3D homes. So welcome to the show, Kirk, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you for having me, guys. Glad to be here. My name's Kirk Anderson. You said it, Director of Operations, SQ4D. I'm just a regular guy, a regular dude construction-related backgrounds, college dropout, just a doer, not a dreamer. On a daily basis, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm doing it. (laughs) That's great. So so here we are to talk about my company and how we're 3D printing homes. And I can go to a little bit more about the company. Yeah, no, we would love to get into it. Uh, I mean, as, as we said, Carol's been looking forward to talking about 3D printed homes for a while. Before we do that, just give us a quick overview of SQ4D and kind of what you guys are all about, mission and purpose. Our mission is to make affordable housing worldwide because obviously housing prices have gone through the roof. The material costs are going through the roof. We need to do this. We need to find alternatives to expensive, laborious, antiquated building practices. Um, Automation is going to help that. There's different ways you could design a machine to 3D print a house, but additive manufacturing is changing multiple industries. We are 3D printing organs, prosthetics, food. I mean, stuff that's even far out of reach for me, but why why is it in construction? Why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we replacing these dangerous tasks with, with some automation, make job sites safer? And if we make job sites safer, that's a good thing, but we can also save people a lot of money. Yeah, saving um, so money is great. We, uh, we started with small 3D printers. The idea, the concept of that, it's not novel. We 3D print everything from little toys to actually rapidly prototyping products that can be made into car parts and, and used in everyday world. So additive manufacturing is the opposite of what we're used to. We're used to subtractive, where you take a block of metal, you cut it away, and you get a part. We're just using a calculated amount of material, stacking it layer on layer, and out comes your part, or in, in our case, a house, which is, it's pretty cool to watch. It's fun to watch the small 3D printers. Scale it up, you can build large structures. So we're using concrete. We started practicing in 2018 with a small-scale machine. We made a, a small-scale, like six feet by eight feet by another six feet. And we got some concrete out of this machine using a concrete pump, some some programming. We've learned that we can do this and quickly just stopped and moved on to building our very large machine you've seen all over the media. That machine is 32 feet wide. We can print 12 and a half foot walls. And in the one direction we call the length of the y-axis, we can pretty much print infinitely. So we, we ride uh-huh. on, our, our machine rides on tracks. And the more tracks I have, then the more I can print. So we started with the concept of these small 3D printers and moved up to the large 3D printers. And my, my business partner is a, is, a, is a landlord, local landlord, and he's always had to deal with the bureaucracy of the building codes locally. We live in an incorporated village of Patchogue, 
And they're very strict with how you build things, how you decorate things, how you finish it off. So we were building a multi-family home in Patchogue, and we were covering it with vinyl siding, cedar impression vinyl siding. It was, it's nice stuff, but they wanted real siding. So real cedar shake siding. So this went from a twelve dollars to $15,000 siding job to like a $50,000 siding. Right. So he got fed up with that, and we decided to, let's build the robot. You talk to the robot, tell the robot what you want, and we're going to build it. And we came up with these conceptual ideas of, pulling out two by fours out of a backpack and using a nail gun and just floating around ideas, being a dreamer, trying to be inventive. Uh, and then we decided let's scale up these small 3d printers. If we could do it with plastic. We could do it with a couple of materials. Let's make this thing 50 feet wide, 20 feet tall and spit out concrete. It was, yeah. it was just, it was just a guess. It's a dart throw, but this novel idea is now turning into a reality. We started printing some small walls and playing with patterns and then eventually built a 500 square foot structure at the time. That was one of the world's largest 3D printed structures. And then this industry is rapidly growing. So we just had to, we had to get more practice under our belt. And then we printed the 1900 square foot model home in Riverhead. Uh, Riverhead has been very progressive, open-minded with this. They know 3D printing. Some of the people on their planning board understand what we're doing. And then we built the house. We finished it off, put a roof on it, windows. Just built a house. That's what I like to say. And we brought them to it. We brought their building inspectors. We brought some engineers. They touched and felt the walls. It's concrete. It's it's strong concrete. In fact, we're exceeding the the standard compression rates that you see on a cinder block, a concrete block, or even concrete formed homes. Those are like twenty five to thirty five hundred psi on the compression. We're using a very rich Portland mix and getting mixes of six thousand to eight thousand psi. Wow. Um, it's a rich mix and it's kind of a little bit on the expensive side, but we're also using one of the most cheap and abundant materials, concrete. Right. So right. I think a lot of people are seeing 3D printing and they're like, oh, is this house made of plastic? What is it made of? <laughs> concrete. We've been using this for thousands of years. Um, well, we, yeah. like to, we like to direct people towards Florida and Europe that this is a normal thing, but we can build a more resilient structure than these two by four houses, faster, cheaper and safer. Well, you know, it's interesting. You kind of hit the nail on the head of why people innovate, I think. You know, the whole frustration with building codes and the architectural standards that, you know, sometimes you've got, we, we have the same thing in the, in the South. It's not usually the cedar shake. It's usually, oh, you can't do that siding. You've got to do brick. And it's the same thing. It adds, you know, forty or $50,000 to the price of the house. And then you've priced that first-time buyer completely out of it. So, you know, your decision to go and innovate is fantastic. Talk a little bit more about the pros of printing 3D homes as far as, you know, how they differ, you know, construction-wise from your typical stick build. I think we could do multiple podcasts on that. Oh, yeah. Uh, Just hit a few of the highlights. Sure. sure. <laughs> That's my joke. Okay. So, like I said, we're, we're printing prosthetics and everything. This technology has been around for years and years. Let's apply it to construction. So now I can give you one of your basic necessities. We want food, water, and shelter. I can give you shelter faster, cheaper, and safer. So with 3D printing, we're allowed, we, we instruct the machine to deposit concrete in whatever I tell it to. So that's, there's some beauty in that as far as customization and floor plans. But if I just take regular building plans, I create a 3D model of that house. I can then put this in another program, slice this within minutes, and then have code, programming code, ready to print this house. So we're trying to streamline the process from the architect and, and the engineers to the builder and just get this done quickly. There's tremendous savings on that streamline alone, just taking out some labor and inspections and some paperwork that's that we find unnecessary. But 3D printing, it's automation. So I'm just making the job site that much safer. 
there's we built that 1900 square foot structure with three men. We had someone three? filling the concrete. We had <laughs> we had some we had we had myself was operating the machine, making sure everything was good as far as the speed and the feed of the delivery. And, and then another guy just watching the entire process, just surveying it, uh, an OSHA instructor. And we're doing this, just doing it. We didn't know how we we're doing it. We try, we practice different hoses, different mixes. And that's, we were able to build these walls in 48 hours. So the speed is there, the safety is there, and the cost savings are there because I'm not using two by fours and, and sheathing. Right. And dr- the only drywall in our houses are on the ceiling. So yeah. you, you, can, you can finish this house off however you want. We're, we're, there's a bunch of variables that come into play as far as environment, but these things will be worked out. The machines will be optimized and the, the process will be optimized. But we're using everyday materials and, and just this, trying to make this simple for the other trades to come in and do their thing. So we do about 40% of the home right now, and that'll turn into more. It'll turn into roofs. It'll turn into superstructures, infrastructure, roads, buildings. It, this is just the beginning. You know, if, we've been 3D printing for a while. I remember being in a factory, uh, heck, seven, eight years ago and seeing a little plastic thing being being milt, uh, built, built in front of me. If we had had this conversation two, three years ago, it would have been pretty unique and people pretty far out there. People are beginning to accept the fact that 3D printing is is the future and it's going to disrupt a lot of industries. But talk about, I mean, this is home construction is, is, has been, it's this traditional American kind of a industry. It's been around a long time and we all understand kind of how it works. And this is going to be quite disruptive. I mean, talk about how, I mean, and humans by nature are a little adverse to change. So talk about how this idea, this concept of 3D printing a home is being accepted in the marketplace. Are people beginning to see that this is the wave of the future? Are people beginning to accept the fact that this is going to be a positive disruption to the industry? Talk about how this general idea of 3D printing someone's home is, is being accepted in the marketplace. I think, like you said, a couple of years ago, people weren't clueless about this. But now that we're doing it, a couple other companies are doing it. They're seeing that this is a possibility. They're seeing, they're, they see it as kind of magic. Maybe they don't understand the machine, but at the end of the day, I'm showing you exactly what I'm building, walls. But So other people are doing it. We're showing up just building walls the way I see it with concrete. When you think about it, we build houses with a hammer. It's a piece of metal hitting a nail, another piece of metal into a piece of wood. I love a hammer. I use a hammer every day, but it's an antiquated caveman style way of building. We need to move on from that. We need to. There's no reason to have 20 guys on a job site swinging hammers, climbing on ladders, being in unsafe positions. I mean, there's, you can go look at OSHA's research. 4,000 people don't go home to their families every day across the nation. That's not even international. That's just U.S. We, we need to reduce that. We need to make job sites safer. There's a lot of carelessness going on. But like I said, these antiquated building processes just need to be moved out of the way. We're, we're ready to move on. We're ready to yeah. use robots on job sites, not only to build the walls, but to put the roof on, to do this, to do that. There's, it, it's coming it's here to stay. And there's, there will be more data to provide to the public. There will be more data to provide to the engineers, more information for realtors and and agents to tell their people how this is a new way, but it's, you have to trust this. So we're going to disrupt multiple industries and the savings will ripple out. People are starting to grow and accept what is going on. I'm happy about that. It's, it's exciting to be involved. Well, you're solving multitudes of problems too. So it's not just the home affordability. So, you know, housing affordability, you're solving that. But you look at the current, you know, lumber shortage and price escalation of lumber. So check that off the list. And then we have this huge workforce labor shortage. 
you know, you look on the construction jobs that are out there and on any given day, there might be, you know, 4,000 or 10,000 just in a, you know, local metro area of jobs that are going unfilled. So you're filling, you know, that need too. So I just see lots of, lots of win-wins, especially for innovative builders. And, and that's where it's going to go. You know, again, like you said, the construction industry hasn't innovated in decades, hasn't, hasn't needed to, hasn't had to. So this is going to be neat to see it uh, take off. I guess one question I have with your ARCS technology that you invented to robotically build the footings and foundations and everything, how long did it take to create that technology? The technology itself, the machine itself? Yeah. All right. So it's, we're, we're taking the idea of the small 3D printers and scaling it up. So we made a gantry style machine. There's, you can use a robotic arm. You can use extensions. You could try a crane. I mean, you could use a caterpillar bucket loader and essentially move this around and extrude. Mm-hmm. But but we want to be accurate. We want right. to be more accurate than the builders that are, are today. I mean, there's a lot of homes built with no square corners. I can do a square corner perfectly to the 32nd of an inch. We mostly talk in millimeters, but we'll keep it keep it imperial for this conversation. <laughs> um, so like I said earlier, we, we built that small 3D printer in-house to see if we could extrude concrete and immediately jumped on the next machine. Mm-hmm. I built the next machine myself with a couple guys. It took us about five months to get from scrap metal to a moving machine. And then immediately we're just trying to extrude concrete. We were mixing it by hand. We were in over our heads for sure. And then we bought some equipment to make this easier for us. Um, we use a volumetric mixer. So you dump in dry sand, dry Portland, and a bunch of water. And you can dial in where, you, where the mix you want. So there was, there was a lot of R&D to get to that point. But since we started the company in 2017 and we finished that house in 2019, I think we did pretty good. Um, for just a, literally three, four guys doing this. So five months to build a machine, printed some test samples, and then we printed that 1,900 square foot house over eight calendar days in 48 hours. And then we did some uh, finishing off of trim work. Some of the walls we stuccoed, some of the walls we left the lines, and we got some really good feedback on that. People like the artisticness, the uniqueness mm-hmm. of that. I think Fox News compared it to uh, to corduroy. Oh, yeah. It, it has a corduroy feel. It looks yeah. like that. But this this can be a new look. If you like it, you can cut. Co- if you can leave it, if you don't, you can cover it with stucco, drywall, whatever you want, whatever's in your budget. So we're just trying to get the walls up fast and strong. Well, just think of what you'll figure out and learn how to do in the next couple of years. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. You know, I think part of the problem with 3D printing is that I think still most people envision this as a thing with plastic, right? I mean, you mentioned that at the top of the show. I mean, I've been reading a lot about uh, this notion that someday, uh, pretty soon, I think, if we're not already doing some experimentation now. We're going to be able to 3D print organs like kidneys wow. and, and livers and stuff. I mean, they're not using cement for those. I mean, you're going to be able to, <laughs> I think, I don't think people have made the connection that you can 3D print with a lot of different types well, of material. So I think once people make that leap in their minds that, that it's not just plastic, that's going to open up their, their, their minds to the, the endless possibilities of what 3D printing is going to be able to do. And it's going to, it's going to disrupt a ton of industries, which is mm-hmm. kind of scary for some people, but also really, really exciting. So I, I, I have a feeling that if you someone was just in their car and they just drove down the street and drove by your house, they probably wouldn't even look at it and say, wait a minute, that looks different than everything else I've ever seen. That's probably a 3D printed house. They probably wouldn't even really realize. So, I mean, there's probably similarities to your there more is. traditionally built home, right? There's a lot of similarities and I'm trying to come close as I can to finish it off for the neighborhood aesthetically. And just to make this a regular house at the end of the day, that's what, that is my main drive is to just build houses for everyday people or cheaper. So we're trying to build houses at half the cost and half the time. That is a goal of ours. 
if we can do that, I mean, the market is going to dictate how houses sell, but how we can produce that and how we can either you know make more more profit for us or just cut the cut the margins down on the budget. That'd be great. At the end of the day, I said we, we print forty percent of this house, so the rest has to be done traditionally. But I'm streamlining it for these trades to come in and do it quicker. Right. I don't want them to be on the job site as long as they normally would, and they might have to change up their routine a little bit right now. But this is just in the this is in the early stages. There'll be tools invented for this. There'll be processes invented. There'll be plumbers and electricians that specialize in 3D printed homes. But from the street, you shouldn't be able to tell the difference. Maybe you'll see some lines. Maybe they'll finish it off with some cedar. I, it, it doesn't matter. Whatever's in their budget, I just want to make it faster. And to go back to the material, that is our system, a material depositing machine. This is I can put whatever I want through this. And in the future, it will be recycled materials and geopolymers. We will move, we will take recycled materials some plastic concrete based mixes and build houses. And they'll probably be even stronger than the materials we're using today. The future is very bright for this. I'm excited, but at the end of the day, let's build some homes. Let's make them strong. Let's make them cheap. And right now people, they don't live in in my area. They don't live in concrete homes. It's not normal, but go to Florida, go to Arizona, go to Europe. They're concrete homes. They withstand hurricanes. If they go anywhere, there's a hurricane and that's what people want. So... You need, a, you need a stone home. You need a strong home. And we're putting rebar in these walls. We're, mm-hmm. we're doing that manually right now. Eventually, a machine will do that. There's, we have patents pending on a lot of this stuff to make this optimized and, and perform even better in the future. Think you need 20% down to become a homeowner? Think again. What if you could buy a home without a down payment? That's right. New American Funding understands that saving for a down payment can be difficult. They have competitive loan programs that can get you into a new home. Their 100% FHA financing loan program makes getting into a new home with no down payment possible. Let one of their home loan professionals pre-qualify you. Contact a new American funding loan officer today to find out more about these niche loan programs and start your home ownership journey. For more information, call 678-898 3540. That's 678-898-3540. Yeah. Well, tell us about your model home. You have one home that you've built, and I guess you've also got um, kind of a, the, that prototype listed for sale on Zillow, and I know you've gotten a lot of interest in that. So just talk about that whole process and what it looks like. Okay, so we got a permit, an experimental permit, to print a 1900 square foot structure. So Riverhead was welcoming welcoming to that. They wanted to see us do it. We had to prove it out. So we partnered up with a cement site, Suffolk Cement in Riverhead, and they poured a foundation for us, flat foundation. And all we had to do was show up with our machine, set it up and start printing. There was there was some learning with that, but we're, we're one of the first to do this. We're one of the first to just show up on site and print. There's other companies doing this in factories and shipping panels, and that's nothing new. Prefab is great. I love it. And it can take over a huge part of the market. So we're trying to disrupt by showing you that I can do 1,900 square foot house with an attached garage, multiple bedrooms, whatever's in that floor plan I can do. So that was just an example. You see, as we build in our videos, layer on layer, we do, we stack bricks and blocks layer on layer. This is just concrete. As long as it bonds, we're securing that. It's, It's strong. It's an open floor plan. There's whatever I can put in here, I can, I'm going to do that. And we have a curved wall example in the house, and that doesn't cost me any more than a straight wall. The machine is just instructed to go where it's supposed to go. 
can do curves, domes, arches. This, we're just scraping the surface here. So we, we've given some open houses to both the public and realtors and agents to just educate them on what, what is coming because be prepared, this is coming. Well, just think about the possibilities longer term about you know the customizations that we can do with this when you plug it into into your arcs technology that's a that's going to be pretty cool to see what's possible there uh, these homes sound like they're pretty secure and pretty robust uh, I, mean, I imagine you're you're offering some sort of a guarantee uh, any, anything you can share there sure our, our next house we're offering a 50-year warranty 50. on the concrete structure alone we're so confident in this that we can do that there are normal houses offered with warranties 25-year warranty on this and if anything goes wrong they come back and fix it and we can do the same i'm using concrete that's it. There, there are epoxy. If there's a crack in the wall, I can fill it with an epoxy. And it's just as strong, if not stronger than the material that I extruded. Right. So there's no worries about this. I'm so confident in this. This is better than a brick wall. This is better than a stone wall. And I'm going to give it to you cheaper. You don't get good, fast, and cheap. You have to usually <laughs> pick two out of those three. But here we're able to do that early stages, but it's just going to get better. And people are going to get more educated on this because 3D printing is, is going to change how we look at a lot of things. Absolutely. Well, what's your plan to roll these out? Are you going to sell them one off or build a whole community of them? Or tell us what your plan is. So this first house, we found a piece of land in Riverhead. There wasn't too much available in our price range. We paid $150,000 for the land. Wow. Add add some tax and closing fees. And and we're we're already already pretty sky high for a piece of land that wasn't even in a great, great block. It's right down by their main street. So it's, it's not too bad, but we wanted to just show up to a regular neighborhood, a regular block, and just do this. Print the everyday house that someone can live in. So it's not the most ideal scenario, but we're going to do this one and we're going to get someone living in that. But this technology really excels in communities and developments in two ways, where I can set up the machine at the beginning of the development, print a house, move it over, print a house, move it over, and just keep going. And the more machines, the more houses. Right. It's, It's as simple as that. But at the same time, I can just have one specific spot on this lot to just print houses, maybe mobile homes, pick them up and move them. Mm-hmm. So I would have an on-site manufacturing plant. And the beauty of that is I know how much concrete I need for that house. There's minimal material waste. So instead of a guy building a house with two by fours and having to cut off and all those cutoffs are just wasted, I know how much concrete, sand and water I need. Then I can, can completely control budgets. This is the early stages, but but just like a plastic 3D printer, you have this roll of filament. You have a roll of material or pellets. It's calculated how much you need to print that 3D model. We're going to do the same thing with houses. So we're going to save you money on that. We're going to save you money on the overall cost of the house. People like to save 20% on their car insurance. Let's do it on a house. I think they'll like that. Well, when you process all of this and you think about it and you digest uh, the possibilities of this thing happening, building a home faster, safer, less expensively, you begin to see how this can have a, dr- a profound effect on the affordable housing crisis. I mean, you begin to just really see the possibilities there. Talk more about that. I mean, I, I can already envision how this technology is going to dramatically attack that problem. Talk more about that. I think we're headed towards another industrial revolution with 3D printing, additive manufacturing. People are going to see it now and they're going to really see it in the next couple of years. So of that 40% that I'm building this house right now today, I'm pretty much saving you 70 to 80% on that 40%. You do some math, that's about 30, 20, 30% over the overall build. And like I said just earlier, people would love to save that on a house. This is one of the biggest purchases of your life, probably. Right. Yeah, you're gonna, absolutely. You're going to dramatically, you're dramatically get a, a, a nice cost in there. Obviously, we're saving on labor. 
So you're cutting the cost there. It's going to be able to, um, I can print 500 square foot houses and get people living in these small structures as a place to live. That's, mm-hmm. that's affordable, but we can also do full-size homes. Whatever the building plans dictate, whatever the development, the contractors, the builders that we work with, it's whatever I want in that build volume. So this can, we can just attack it how we want. Right. It's, and- there's, there's so much customization. There's so much freedom with this. It's, it's what, it's, we have to morph some of these building codes and we can even reduce prices even more. Yeah, and you just need to find some affordable lots to put them on because that'll help exactly. a lot. Exactly. Yeah, one hundred fifty thousand. <laughs> exactly. Wow, amazing stuff. All right, well, Kirk, this is going to be fun to watch. Uh, so uh, let's be sure that we keep in touch and continue to uh, talk about how this uh, this technology is unfolding. And I think this is a disruption that that's going to be exciting to watch, and it's going to change a lot of things. And additive manufacturing is is going to have a dramatic effect on the planet. On global warming. I mean, it's just going to have this, it's going to be profound. So it'll be uh, really intriguing to watch. So before we let you go, should anyone need to connect with you and learn more about SQ4D and everything going on there, where do they go? Please visit our website, sq4d.com. Right now we have tremendous interest. So we've set up some forms, some questionnaires for builders, home buyers, and investors to, to get plugged into the right direction. Because we, we, our phones are blowing up. Our emails—I I had to turn off notifications on my phone because <laughs> it's—it's just—it's just flying in every other day. We're featured on somewhere else, but um, we just—we would like to educate the masses on how SP40 is changing the way the world is built. All right, Kirk Anderson, Director of Operations with SQ40. Kirk, great to have you. Thanks uh, for joining us. Appreciate your enthusiasm. As me, like I said, this would be fun to watch. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Pleasure was ours. All right, well, that wraps this week's All About Real Estate edition. Again, on behalf of our show sponsor, New American Funding, my co-host, Carol Morgan, I am Todd Schnick. It's all the time that we have for today. Thank you for tuning in and listening, and we'll look forward to seeing you again right here tomorrow. We'll see you then. Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio is sponsored by New American Funding and made possible by Denim Marketing, the publisher of Atlanta Real Estate Forum, Atlanta's favorite source for real estate and home building news. Denim Marketing is a comfortable fit, like your favorite pair of jeans. Denim Marketing tailors marketing strategies to meet your specific needs and niche. Try them on for size. They will work to create a perfect fit for your company's marketing program. Call them at 770-383-3360 or send an email to info at denimmarketing.com. For more information on Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio or to inquire about being a guest, contact info at atlantarealestateforum.com. Check out the radio show by visiting atlantarealestateforum.com or by listening to the show on your favorite podcast app. And if you enjoyed today's broadcast, we'd sure appreciate a rating and review on iTunes. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time on Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio.